It's projected that by 2050, CO2 levels will rise by huge amounts. Global warming is going to be a much bigger issue and there'll be less rainforest cover in the world, so it's important to discuss and promote environmentally sustainable technologies. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Our Title Was Taken podcast, where today we'll be talking to you about technology aimed at reducing our carbon footprint. This links directly to the field of architecture, which is what Kushal wants to go into in the future. Okay, so firstly, we need some sort of a definition for what sustainable environmental technologies are if we're going to be building our ideas upon this. So in our words, the definition for sustainable environmental technologies are technologies which have a reduced negative effect on the environment while still functioning to a high standard. So this is our personal definition, which we collated using other definitions, the Oxford Dictionary and our own knowledge of geography. Okay, so before we get on to the actual discussion points of examples of these technologies and the pros and cons of it, I just want to give you guys an example of um, of this basically resort which implements a lot of these technologies into the actual buildings. So this place is in Tenerife and it's called Casas Ita. I'm not exactly too sure on the pronunciation, but so... But anyway, the the main thing about it is that it's a completely carbon neutral and it's all in this uh, wind farm. So there's loads of wind turbines surrounding it um, and you're right by the sea. And the the purpose for it was basically to maximise the sun and the wind as the main sources of natural energy. So, for example, energy is generated by the use of thermal and photovoltaic solar panels and wind wind turbines. And in in addition to that, they have been all of like the houses and like was and like basically um, places that you can basically live in live there have been designed to take into account the local climatic conditions and available resources. So an example of that was the place that I was there for like a week, where basically uh, you didn't need any air conditioning, even though it was like thirty five degrees every single day. So the way the actual building was designed was to allow the wind coming from the ocean into the house through the use of basically just curved walls and things like that. So now we're going to look at examples of sustainable technology that people use globally. So the first one here is solar panel paint. So what do you guys think of that? So just for a quick explanation, solar panel paint is a paint which basically has the same effect as a solar panel. And it's quite a, I believe it's quite a recent innovation in that it's not um, so widely used as solar panels themselves. And um, I believe it claims to be a cheaper alternative to solar panels and it's more widely usable. And it conducts a renewable source of energy by using the thing that it's painted onto, the, the, the wall or the roof. And it consists of thin film solar panels in a liquid form. And therefore, it can be applied to lots of different places. So let's talk about, as Zane said, how efficient actually would it be? And is this as sustainable as we think it would be? Any ideas, guys? Um, until like just to add on to that. So there, like, there are three types of solar paint. And there's one of them called uh, quantum dot solar cells, which is photovoltaic paint. And it's so I've been reading about it because I was quite interested in this, and I'd also done like a research project, th- like I'd done like a research thing on it. So 
we did you guys ever remember the um the like project or club that we had in year nine or year ten we were to like design your own like environmental environmentally sustainable house do you did you guys remember that oh i think i do yeah is this in geography geography well, it was in geography, but there was also like an additional club where you could actually design one. Oh no, sorry. I don't so, oh, okay. I wasn't in a so, club. Like, anyway, yeah, okay. So, like, anyway, like one of the points that it came up came up with was solar paint. So I'd been looking about looking and researching about it, and it, it and I'd actually found out that it it can be up to eleven percent more efficient than traditional solar panels. So imagine all of this like solar paint on every single roof in the UK because it's probably it's also like I'd say relatively discreet because it's not ex- extremely hard to put on and it and it's like uh, basically 10% more efficient so think about how much and en- more energy we can get from this but if it's more innovative why don't people use it more often so I think the reason why is that it's extremely innovative but it's also extremely like experimental because okay. like so, I ass- I ass- like I haven't been able to read about read up on the costs of it, but I also assume that's going to be incredibly expensive, or it's going to be like such a new uh, technology where they actually can't produce on like a mass level, or it's like too expensive, or it's too hard to produce it on that mass level that you'd need to put it on like every single house or every single. So building. it's still in, it's still in its early stages. Yeah. So like. Um, right now I've basically got this like page up all about solar paint and there's like three different versions of it and all of them are like relatively new or like they're all like relatively new and like just been discovered or like been uh, sort of like engineered at universities like only recently. So I, I'd assume that it would take another like decade or two for this to properly be like commercialised and be used in like every single building. You said You said there were three types of... Uh, solar panel paint what were the other two okay so the first one is called solar paint hydrogen and the way that i've like a rough description is that it it gets solar energy to break the water mo- water molecules into hydrogen and oxygen and then the hydrogen from those from this water vapor can be used to produce clean energy so i'm not exactly too sure about how it works but that's one of them the other one I've already said, which was the uh, quantum dot uh, cells, and the other one, no, I don't know how to pronounce this, so I might butcher the name of this. So it's called a uh, perovskite solar paint. So and this is known as like uh, the spray on solar paint. So this is the ones that like you see like in like the futuristic like movies and examples where it's just like sprayed on and th- and it works like that. I mean that's quite, I think. With all of these, I think, if they work at the level that we need them to, because obviously one of the biggest questions is, will they be able to deliver the amount of energy needed and is being supplied by fossil fuels? Because it's all well and good. Obviously, everyone wants to move to renewable energy, but then the worry is, is the renewable en- are the en- renewable energy sources going to be able to keep up with the demand for energy and provide them at the same rate that we need them to and that fossil fuels are actually doing, which is a huge thing because, for example, hydrogen buses, right, powered by hydrogen fuel cells, they exist, but they are obviously not as efficient as going uphill as um, as as buses that as work... Re- on, as regular buses. As regular yeah. buses working on yeah. fossil fuels. So, so again, that's, that's, I think, the main concern with using renewable energy, so, uh, renewable energy is 
not only the huge expense that the initial expense it would be of a massive overhaul in the changing of the energy system turning it into renewable energies but then also making sure that they deliver as we want them to that they perform as we want them to which is not an easy task and i think that's where science is you know why it's still developing and why we still need it to why we still need to research into these new areas of science and possible energy sources so we can get them to work at the rate we need but obviously if these sorts of technology at one point do become advanced enough then that's it's it's paradigm shifting it'll be amazing if we can use renewable energy sources such as uh solar energy or wind energy and harness this and be able to use this so efficiently and pow- and create powerful energy sources from these we would change the we we change the future forever and i guess yeah but like it's just yeah it's just like um i do agree with that but it's also just um how expensive it is and also like i i also say that it's it's we're still a long way from achieving that future of basically being able to paint basically solar paint on everything because it's still going to take a lot of time because like have you guys seen the prices of just normal solar panels i mean i'm I'm pretty sure i don't know expensive aren't they yeah, like so. I remember, like, uh, um, n- near my near my house, there's this, um, there was this van that was basically advertising solar panel. I assume like the owners of that house had like a solar panel business or something, but it said something like it was like two thousand pounds. Right. Wow. Like that's, at minimum. Yeah, that's that's not very for like cheap. a for a tin of paint. No, 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 no. Like <laughs> the solar panels for solar panels. Oh. proper solar panels. Oh. Yeah, so like, and that's already expensive as it is. That's very expensive. And like, that's not, yeah, and like, yeah. that's not, and you wouldn't call that in, like, as experiment, ex, as experimental and as innovative as the solar paint which is being mm. introduced as of now. So like, we also need to imagine how much more expensive that's going to be. Um, just a quick question: Does anyone know if there's government funding available for um? people that would like to use solar panels because obviously it's a huge cost to bear which is probably a major deterrent um, for man- many people i'm not i imagine they sure, subsidize like, it do they yeah like i'm the, yeah i'm, I'm also the, pretty sure yeah, that if you produce like surplus amount of energy you can actually feed that back into the national grid oh yeah i think you yeah, can, yeah 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 because yeah. i remember i remember watching like the architectural program and it was talking about this greenhouse, and then one of the examples was that it was actually able to feed energy back into the grid. Yeah, I've heard like, this. I don't know if this is sell their energy. I've heard of this. I don't know if that yeah. still happens. Yeah, like they have to. Like, I don't know if it's still uh, like a thing, but that's what I've heard. Um, for the subsidy. Sorry, Zane, was that you who said that the government subsidizes it? Well, I don't actually know. I I just assumed that they would subsidize it because it's a green form of energy. Well, um, I mean it's. Just a quick Google search. Yeah, like, shows yeah. That... Just, like, we're not the most um, uh, well versed when it comes to like the subsidies and things yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't is, know the so like, yeah. if you do want to, if you do want like properly know, I I recommend. I would suggest looking this up. Research, yeah. But uh, just a yeah. quick Google shows that apparently there are no more grants for solar panels available in the UK. Yeah. And apparently they. Used well, I assume to be... it's like probably quite popular now having solar panels, well, which I, is why. Maybe, but I was saying that it, it, there used to be there used to be interest-free loans yeah. and grants because of the Green Deal, but that stopped in 2015. And um, apparently there's a new Smart Export Guarantee, SEG, which started in January 2020, but I'm not sure what that means for solar panels and subsidies. But 
either way, the cost of solar panels is is very huge, and it's it's not an easy one to bear uh, for every family, which is probably a huge deterrent in why not everyone has these amount of, uh, you know, the 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 solar panels everywhere. At the moment, it is probably going to be a bit more expensive, but I'd imagine in the future it's going to be a bit cheaper. It's going to be a lot more efficient. Like how we talked yeah. about in AI in our last episode, it's going technology is going to develop and it is going to get better. It is going to get cheaper and more people will have them. So, shall we move on to our next uh, piece of technology? Green uh, walls. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about. The, yeah, yeah the green so walls, yeah. I think that's what they're called. It's basically a wall which is made of plants, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um. Do you want me to uh, basically give an example of this? Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure. Um. So in Singapore, there's basically this massive place called Gardens by the Bay, and its intention. I I've been reading up on this, and its intention was to turn, go from a garden in a city, no, from a garden in a city to a city in a garden. So, yeah, like it it it's quite. That's, that's yeah. Like, it poetry. it it was quite confusing to read about read up about it, but one of the examples that's in this uh garden is something called the super tree grove which is a collection of i think it's 18 tree-like structures which can go from like 25 to 50 meters and then all of these and all of these are basically like metal structures with uh gardens and plants fitted across all of them so they do like loads of uh different functions so they it's like of course the planting of just uh of plants and flowers things like that but it also works as a uh, shading and some of the other examples of it that I have read about read up about it is that it has photovoltaic cells which I mentioned beforehand so that allows the actual uh, structures to be lit up at night and then also they can collect rainwater for use in irrigation which is quite good in Singapore because if you guys know it's near the equator so there's a lot of rain um there's a lot of rain in Singapore yeah, so it looks good and it's pretty good in terms of saving water and taking in carbon that's emitted from humans, you know, through cars and things like that. But I just had one question. Did you say it has a metal frame or something? So I, I believe, like, the actual frame for it is metal, but then, like, the flowers are all planted inwards. Okay. Yeah. It's just it's just metal isn't uh, sustainable, exactly, because it has to be extracted from... Yeah, I think I think what I think what the whole point of the metal frame yeah, like, is it, to it, it's, the, it's just to keep it in uh, stri- like it's just to keep in it in place. That means it basically because it, there's also like a walkway yeah, on it. I I doubt that. So it's also like yeah, it's, yeah, like, exactly. it's still yeah, needs to be I, safe. because yeah. like people are walking yeah, around yeah, and things yeah, like that. Because exactly. you you can't just have the the you know wall of shrubs on its own. That's not strong enough to support something. So the the metal thing sort of keeps it in place and provides a bit of strength to anything yeah, of on course the top. It, it does need something. It's just it's not perfect really. Well, I mean, how many technologies do we have that are perfect? If any, I mean, it's it's I don't think it's possible. Well. You're right. I yeah. I don't think anything can be like completely per- perfect, especially when you're designing things like these. Like everything will have a slight thing which is wrong with it. So, for example, I was talking about the um those houses. Like they're nice, but they got so loud when it was windy. Like some of the rooms you couldn't stay in. So yeah. Cool. So thank you guys. I was I think I thought that was really interesting, and hopefully that helped Jukasho as well because obviously 
we know that you're interested in architecture. Um, what do you think? Yeah, Rachel? I found I like I found this quite interesting just to look up again because like I've been I've been to Singapore and I've been to like these a lot of these places, but it's been such a long time, so it's also really nice just to look look at them from a more architectural standpoint and the way they help the environment completely. So yeah, yeah, cool. So. Thank you guys for this amazing discussion. I really enjoyed it. And as always, guys, we recommend you guys uh, research the topics we've talked about. And also, if you can, and if you're lucky enough, pay a visit to Singapore. Because some of the things that we've seen are just the tip of the iceberg of some of the beauties that Singapore has. And I've heard that one of the Singapore's, one of Singapore's airports are the best in the world. And they have um, domes of bio, you know. Yeah, yeah well, it's um, in that airport, it's like the largest uh, indoor waterfall, I believe. Yeah, so um, definitely, definitely go and check some of the things we've uh, said today. If you'd like to get in contact, please contact us on Instagram at OTWT Podcast. And yeah, keep watching this space for more for more episodes and for more news. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.